Hey, Devoted Dreamer, you are listening to a solo episode of the podcast of which I do not do very many of these types of solo episodes. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. This is not what I expected to share with you today. In fact, I am recording this at 7.29 p.m. on Tuesday night before this episode is supposed to go live at 2.30 in the morning on Wednesday. And the reason for that, and you are going to get me, uh, I think, raw and uncut, slightly scripted. I've got some notes. Um, But this is my stop gap. The thing that I had planned did not go as expected. And I'll give you a little background on that. Last episode, I mentioned to you, I believe, that Amy Pearson, a woman I deeply love and care about and care about her dream, her interview was what I had slotted for this spot today, the one that you're listening to. And she's working on a book, and this book was supposed to come out on October 3rd, and there's been a bit of a delay. And as I thought about it and texted with her today about, or maybe that was yesterday, (laughs) about what should we do if your book is delayed? I don't want to put out your episode at a time where even if the audience is like, ah, I want to get that book from Amy, it's not even available. And so because her message is so I think, valuable to the conversation that we have here in Devoted Dreamers land. Um, I've never said that before. Um, But I wanted you to hear from her in a timely manner. So whenever we have a final published date for her book, that episode is going to go live hopefully later this month in October. Okay, so I was talking to my husband last night, and I was reflecting on the launch of the Dreamer Lab. This is my small group coaching program that just closed the doors last week. And we started this week with our first kickoff coaching call. So I was talking to him about that. I was talking about some coaching clients. And, you know, we have this thing where he pays really close attention. And I talk to the point where I look in his eyes and I go, oh goodness, I have a lot of words. And he smiles and gives me a hug and is very supportive. Um, But in this conversation last night, he said something that felt profound to me and it brought tears to my eyes. And what he said as I was sharing my excitement about the Dreamer Lab and sharing my excitement about things going on with coaching clients and just the potential of what God might do in these women that I've grown to love so dearly as I've become acquainted and a part of their dreams. He looked at me and he said, I am seeing a confidence in you that I didn't see a year ago. And he's right. Now, in my mind, when I look back a year, I definitely have more confidence than I had then the pivotal point for me was when I look back two years and I remember where I was in September, October of 2021 with leaving one coaching situation and stepping into another one that felt terrifying that two years ago is when I started with my speaking coach, Heather Sager. And I showed up to a lot of those calls in tears because I had been working for a really long time. I had had this podcast for five years and had been trying to figure out, like, I love this. I, I was made for these conversations. I was made to care about women and their God-shaped dreams. And I cannot figure out how to make a job of this. I mean, it was that <laughs> raw and simplified. You know, I think we all have 
these God-shaped dreams. And some of us, by necessity, it needs to bring in an income. If you're going to spend your time, time that you could be at a career, at a paid job, doing something to support your family, if you're going to spend your time away from something that would support your family, wouldn't it be amazing if that dream could also support your family? And at the time, two years ago, I was like, is this pie in the sky? Is this even a possibility? I had tried podcast advertising. That was a huge flop. I think I might have made $65 one time. Um, I have a Patreon connected to my podcast. I don't talk about it very much anymore, but um, that brings in, I'm fabulously grateful, but that brings in about $77 a month. And two years ago, I don't know, I might, I might also have had like once a year an Amazon affiliate situation that earned $5.34. And so if you do the math, uh, what was happening is I was spending time and money and energy pursuing something I was incredibly passionate about. And yet our family had a need of my time and energy and my ability to produce income for us to not survive, but to be able to pay our bills, just simply said. And so two years ago, I was in this enormous rut of like, I don't, I don't know where this is going to go or come from, or should I quit? Should I cut my losses and stop now and either go get a full-time job or, you know, find some contract work? I didn't know. But as Todd and I were talking, that conversation, kind of in the midst of knowing that I wouldn't be able to share Amy's with you today, it helped me think about what I could share in the absence of having that interview. And so today's episode, I have kind of written a rough working title that This is like the behind the scenes of what it takes to achieve a God-shaped dream. Now, I'm not saying that I've actually achieved, like I don't believe there's actually a finish line to my God-shaped dream and probably not to yours, but um, there is a path and some days you will feel like you are on the path and some days you're like, where am I? And where am I going? And what I want you to glean from this conversation between you and I today is that the path to your dream isn't likely to be clear when you begin. Begin anyway. And when you first begin to identify a dream, if if it's been a little while since the dream first started percolating for you, I want you to take a second, maybe even hit pause and try to bring yourself back to that place of when this idea first occurred to you. And I'm just randomly going to call this either the excited or elation phase where something comes to your mind and you're like, ooh, I kind of like that. Like this, this tickles some of my interests or it plays on some of my strengths or yes, I've done something like this in the past, but now I have this new passion for this new group of people or place or organization, whatever it is. And you start to get really excited, a little bit like butterflies in your stomach, and you might start to dabble a little bit. Maybe it's just brainstorming a bunch of ideas. Um, You might play with some of those ideas and try to see like, okay, step one, two, and three, what, what might that look like? And even that feels exciting. Like, oh my 
my gosh, where, where could this go? The potential. There's so much potential. It's exciting. There, there's elation. This is the fun part. This is the fun part of having a God-shaped dream. And in the moment when you're having some of these conversations with yourself, or maybe you have a like-minded friend that you guys have been playing with ideas together, it feels like progress. It feels like you are putting gas in the gas tank of this dream and starting to press on the gas pedal a little bit, like mm, like it's starting to rev the engine a bit. And it feels hopeful. And again, I will use the word exciting. It feels exciting, enticing. Even um, if you have connected this to the idea of it being a God-shaped dream, there may even be this spiritual component of connection and, and feeling a connection to your creator and excitement about what that might become where you're walking alongside or he's carrying you and doing all the work and you're just like being obedient and doing the thing. Um, But it feels exciting to imagine acting out this vision maybe that God has given you for a dream. So let's call that phase one of pursuing a dream. Phase two, I'm calling doubting or difficulty. So you've been in elation and excitement, brainstorming phase, playing with ideas, and then you identify some steps that you'd like to take that might involve a little bit more risk, a little bit more putting yourself out there. It might involve more like, I'm going to let people know that I want to do something like this. And a lot of times this means trying things that you've never done before. So you might create some, maybe you've always created things like you're a maker, you're an artist or maybe a writer, but you, you might create something that you want to sell or market to other people. And you've maybe never done that before the marketing or selling part, or even the creating part too. any of that. If there's any piece of it, that is something that you've never done before that can fall into the doubting and the difficulty phase. Or maybe you're inviting people to an event that you want to host. Or you could be, you know, if you are the writer or the artist type person, maybe you're putting your creativity on a page, like for the first time ever. And you might find in any one of those situations that you want to quit before you've hardly begun. That temptation to be like, oh yeah, well, maybe maybe I hadn't really flushed out that idea yet um, because beginning something feels difficult, especially if you're doing it for the very first time or maybe even doing it in this way for the very first time or talking about it out loud for the very first time. The words aren't quite in the order or the clarity that you would like them to be. And so in the doubting difficulty stage, it's especially difficult backed up against the previous excitement elation stage. And wouldn't you guess, this is where a lot of people quit. They give up because they're like, it was way more fun to be in ideation than it is to be in taking messy action for other people to see. So that's phase two. I'm calling phase three, which is just a close relative to phase two. I'm calling phase three resistance is real. And who can blame us? We're sinful humans, right? Our default is to resist hard things. 
if you've ever heard me mention my dad on this podcast, it is probably because we have this running joke about me asking him. He was a science, math, chemistry, astronomy teacher, professor when I was in high school. And all of those courses were really challenging for me. And I would go to him and I'd ask for help. And he'd want to tell me this 30 minute story about how to solve this problem. And I would say to him more than once, I assume, because this is now part of our family ritual, dad, I don't want to know how you got there. I just want to know the answer, you know, kind of like opening up the answer in the back of the book. I just want that because that's what my teacher is asking for. And he would laugh and I'm sure get incredibly frustrated because he was a teacher. He was an educator. And he was like, oh my gosh, if I can't even teach my own daughter. And so it ends up being this running joke in our family. Like our default is to resist hard things. That science and math was hard for me. I wanted to resist, to give up, to not engage. You might see this as a stretch, but as I was thinking about this, I was considering the story of Adam and Eve in the garden and they experienced temptation to do something they were told not to do. They were told not to eat of this tree. And of course, Satan comes in and lies to them. And then they go and do the thing that God told them not to do. And instead of running back to God, God, their creator, God, their father, instead of trusting him, instead of asking for help, they disobeyed. And then after they disobeyed, they hid. Because it feels way easier to hide in the midst of our fear and our shame and our uncertainty and our doubt, than it would be, at least in that frame of mind, than it would be to come clean to their father, right? And I know our dreams and, you know, I mean, some of us can say, like, God has called me to this. It is an obedience issue. But if it's not that clear for you, I realize it's not the same thing, um, experiencing resistance, as God's clear instruction not to eat the apple. So just bear with me on the pieces of this that actually do work and let the rest fall away. But let's say, related to your dream, some of the things I talked about in phase two, um, that maybe there's some specific pieces of your dream that you need to step into in order to actually like create a sales page to sell something you've created or to decide on pricing of something you want to sell or to write an email to people asking for their support or telling them even in the first place about something that you want to do or want to create. Imagine that being the thing that you need to do, the next step for your dream. How much easier is it to watch Netflix or Prime or whatever it is you like to watch, TikTok, than it is to actually do the work on your dream. And interestingly enough, I think the result can be the same, that we beat ourselves up when we know this is the next thing that I said I wanted to do, and it's hard, and I'm avoiding it, and then fear and shame and comparison and imposter syndrome and all of those things wind up into this ball of negative <laughs> mindset and perspective connected to this God-shaped dream, this thing that you were once so excited about. And so I was thinking about another example of this. You make a simple declaration that you want to start exercising more. You're not getting any younger. Getting outside every day would actually feel really good to your body. It would be really good for your body. And right now, while the weather is fairly nice, you think, 
maybe I'll go for a walk every day. Maybe I'll go for a run every day, even if it's short, like a quarter of a mile or less. I mean, just get outside, right? And so the first few days go fine. You know, you're like trying to figure out like what shoes you actually need and what's, what are the right, you know, clothes or layering for the temperature that it is outside. And then on the third day, after you have two successful days under your belt, the third day is a little bit rainy or maybe just a tad like five degrees colder than it was on the coldest day you've ever gone out. And you think, ah, it's not a big deal if I skip today. And then a day becomes two and then two becomes three. And at this point, if you're not super clear on the goal or you haven't set a goal, well, you can kind of pretty much throw the whole thing out the window and you should see my Strava. It's like every eight days I go for a walk. Um, But on the opposite side of that, like specific goals can really help. In this situation, in this example of I want to exercise every day, what if you attached a very specific goal to the desire I want to exercise every day? So maybe it is I want to be able to walk all the way upstairs in my home without feeling out of breath. Or I want to run a 5K without walking. Or I want to train for a half marathon that's happening six months from now in Nashville, Tennessee. Like each one of those is is increasingly more specific, right? And setting this kind of goal versus I would just like to exercise every day that gives you something to aim for. And the reason I go there is that phase four of pursuing a God-shaped dream, once you get through the elation and the difficulty and the resistance, phase four is that action is the antidote. Action is the antidote to fear, to imposter syndrome, to comparison, any other form of resistance that might stand between you and your dream. Action is the antidote. And so it means stepping up in a way that pushes back against the choice that maybe you've made dozens of times before in your life of, well, this just feels hard. So, you know, maybe another day. And Maybe you've possibly heard this quote. It's attributed to Bill Gates. He says that most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10. As you are listening to this and thinking about your own God-shaped dream, I would challenge you to choose a goal that's not too far away from completing. What can you accomplish in just one quarter of a year? So just three months. If you're listening to this in early October, between now and December 31st, What could you accomplish in just three months? And if you don't have a goal, like if if a goal doesn't exist for you related to your dream right now, um, think through of like, what would a finish line be? Like, what, what could I look back on December 31st and say, yes, I did that thing that I set out to do? How will you know you got there? How can you set a goal that has enough parameters, like that specific, I want to run a half marathon six months from now in Nashville, Tennessee. Like those are some real specifics. Like you never made it to Nashville. You probably didn't achieve that goal. It's not six months from now, but maybe it's eight months from now. Like, okay, great. And maybe you're doing a half marathon somewhere else, but it would be very clear the more specific you are, whether or not you met those goals, those pieces of the goal. So instead of quitting, if you 
currently are in that, like things are hard, discouraging, I'm, I'm struggling to make progress, instead of quitting, choose small steps to break up the hard into something more doable. And what I would encourage you to do is to fight for consistency. Start with something that requires your consistent action because that is the way you begin to build the muscle of doing things in repetitive motion. So that's why I mentioned the whole exercise or running thing. Like every day or every other day, like find yourself a rhythm where you can be consistent because that is the muscle that you want to strengthen. And so the example that I'm going to use from my own story is starting the podcast. I had to start in 2016 with what worked for me. And at the time, I had been doing interviews for 12 years in my previous freelance writing career. And so I knew that I could interview people. I knew that I could get answers to my questions. I asked the same questions every single time of different people. And I knew that if they answered the questions in writing in advance, that would also help me streamline the screening process of making sure, is this the right guest for my show? And honestly, I don't know in my seven years of podcasting, I've never met anybody else who does this. And I for sure at that time didn't know anyone who like sent their guest a list of eight questions and said, will you please type out your answer to this and send them back to me before we schedule an interview? And I did it anyway, because it was what I needed to do when I had a small baby at home. I had very little time. I needed this like screening process. And in 280 interviews plus at this point, I've only had a handful of people, like maybe two to three, say they weren't willing or didn't have time to respond to my questions in advance. And so I just made decisions to either not interview them or to give them a pass. But in all of that time, in seven years, I've only had just a couple people say, no, thanks to my request. And I learned along the way of podcasting what barriers there were to my desired outcome, which at that point, my desired outcome was to be consistent, to serve up a weekly episode of the Devoted Dreamers podcast. And there were a lot of things, a lot of barriers that stood in the way of that. There were tech failures, like I tested out lots of different recording, audio, software, um, you know, call software, like I used to record on Skype, which was fairly terrible. Um, so there were a lot of tech failures. There were interviews that I had to record more than once, which was devastating. Um, there were scheduling challenges with me and my guest. Um, there were crying babies or childcare cancellations. And then just my whole energy. There were all these things that were barriers to my desired outcome. And those were things that along the way I learned how I wanted to address them when they would come again. Like, okay, this is how I handled it this time. I didn't really like how that went. Let's try another realm or another, like scheduling, having people schedule on specific days and having a backup for my childcare or moving the interview if I didn't have a backup for childcare, whatever it was. But I started in what felt to me the easy way. I knew this was going to be challenging, but how could I make it as easy as possible for myself? And I scheduled my recording times really one to two times a week when I knew I would have that childcare. And I created a formula for how I would track guests in the process. So like this was, you know, this list of people I've actually invited. This list of people have responded. Yes. This list of people have scheduled an interview, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I learned by taking action 
where I needed to create shortcuts for myself or ask for help or get more childcare or plan more time. It was always taking longer than I expected. And as I took action, the action informed the ways I needed to tweak the work that I was doing to make it more feasible for the schedule and the energy and the availability that I had. And so in creating these processes that I repeated again and again and again, they eventually became easy because they eventually became known to me. They were my daily, my weekly practices. And all of a sudden, what was hard six months earlier was not quite as hard as it was at the beginning. Consider for yourself as you think about this idea of how can I implement consistency in pursuing my God-shaped dream, consider what lack of consistency will do. So if you're fighting against like what could it be for me, um, let's talk for just a couple seconds on what lack of consistency does. When you lack consistency in something that you know you eventually want to be doing over and over again, but you're not able to be, you're not able to do that yet, you are constantly relearning. You're constantly trying to remember, how did I do it last time? Where did I put that file? I know I had an outline, but I can't find it. What did I name it? When you lack consistency, like once a month I'm going to write on my blog, you are constantly having to relearn and reorganize and trying to remember how you did it 30, 60, 90 days ago. And that is going to slow you down and that is going to build discouragement. If you lack consistency, you might find yourself recreating documents or processes because you can't remember where you put them. Did you write that on paper? Is it in a notebook? Is it in your computer somewhere, but you just named the file, something that you can't come up with 30, 60, 90 days down the road? And then just the basic inertia to have to begin again and again and again. I realize me sharing with you seven years later what my early years of podcasting was like. I know that I do not have a full perspective of what that felt like for merit of 2016, of 2017. I'm only able to share that with you in hindsight. And so I know there is someone out there who's thinking over the past period of time of having this dream on your heart. And you've maybe had some starts and stops. And you're saying to yourself, the consistency wasn't there. And, and maybe that's why it didn't work out. Or how do I, Merit, step into this and build that consistency? And so for you, you'll need to look at your dream and find something. Find something that you could be consistent at. And you might be in that doubt, that difficulty phase. And so it's hard for you to hear me say, oh, come on, just find something that you can be consistent at. And because of that, I'm going to give you a slam dunk, something that you can begin to be consistent at. And with this, I'm going to wrap up this episode that I plan to be 10 minutes and now 30. Um, but if you have a God-shaped dream brewing in your heart, and if you are looking for something that you can start to build a consistency muscle at, and you would love to draw near to the Lord of creation, the God who made you, but you struggle being consistent in your time with him, maybe you struggle in prayer or in time of the, in the word, this might just be the thing to kickstart your consistency practice. And it is a 30 days of prayer practice to encourage your desire to draw near to God. 
I've written 30 days of prayer that you can subscribe to via email. These are prayers, simple, small, one paragraph, maybe four to five lines. These are prayers I started out with to build my habit of leaning into him, of submitting to him, of obeying him, of drawing near to him, of believing who he says I am and who he says he is so that I could strengthen not just a habit of consistency, but so that I could strengthen my relationship with him. And you can grab the 30 Days of Prayer email series over at meritonsa.com slash prayer. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today on this like spontaneous, out of the blue, very much off the cuff, solo episode of the Devoted Dreamers podcast. I've got some interesting things coming up for you over the next four weeks, and we'll see where we can fit in Amy Pearson somewhere in there. But I am taking the month of October to really double down on creating some new content for you all that I hope to share with you in 2024. And I'm not yet ready to talk about what those things are, but you're going to be hearing um, some episodes over the next four weeks of where I was a guest on somebody else's podcast and I'm sharing some things maybe in a different form or, you know, with somebody else interviewing me. So keep an eye out for those. I thank you so much for being here, for listening. And again, go grab the 30 Days of Prayer email series at meritonsa.com slash prayer. I'll see you next week. 